Three Show. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. We are very lucky to have on the line with us this afternoon Shima Shimizu, chef and instructor from Foodcraft. Shima, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Um, and and um, so I know all of us should be spending more time at home at the moment with COVID and everything else and social distancing. Sometimes the best thing we can do is very little and remain in our in our homes. But of course, um, in Hong Kong, we all go crazy indoors stuck in our four walls. So I've been noticing on social media and things like that, that a lot of people have become these kind of uh, doing lots kind of foodie crafty projects at home to pass the time. Um, and one thing I came across was people fermenting things. And um, apparently you are that you're you're I can't say fermenting goddess because I think that's probably the wrong term, but you're, you're, you're a guru in this space in Hong Kong, right? Um, but firstly, would you tell, uh, um, tell our listeners a little bit about what are fermented foods? Fermented foods. So um, they're coming, like, coming in a lot of different forms, but I think the most common one will be like pickles or miso, that sort of stuff, um, even wine um, and sourdough bread um, are fermented foods as well. Ah, really? So, um, yeah. so what what does what is the process of fermenting something? Because I think a lot of people, when they hear about fermentation, they think things are just becoming alcoholic, but that's that's not always <laughs> true, right? Yeah. Um, what is fermentation? So, um, it's basically letting the natural yeast and bacteria, which is existing in the air, it sounds scary, but it does. Um, mm. letting those yeast and bacteria break down the sugar in your food. Oh, wow. And is there mm -hmm. a difference between, like you mentioned like pickles, is there a difference mm -hmm. between fermenting and pickling? If you pickle something or you ferment something, or is it just same words for the mm. same, different words for the same thing? I guess the biggest difference will be um, pickling will be using some kind of acidic food. So um, say vinegar or lemon juice, to um, make the sour flavor, whereas um, fermenting food is um, without using any kind of sour um, food to make food taste sour. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> so fermenting food becomes sour because it's fermented, whereas pickled food kind of is sour because you've added some sort of sour, sour yeah. pickling ingredient. Gosh. Exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. So in terms of cultures and countries around the world, I feel like nearly everyone has its mm. own fermented food or it pickled does. food, right? Yes, it does. Um, it can be Asia, it can be in Europe. Um, I think every single culture has its own fermented food. And what, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just jumping ahead here, but is, that, is there a reason that people have fermented foods in the past? Like I always feel like something like sauerkraut, for example, mm. would be, um, which I adore and could eat from the jar. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking like, is it, these are things, have, I feel like they've been around for a really long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like what, what's the benefit to fermenting or, for, or pickling a, a product, a foodstuff? So uh, my theory is that um, before we had refrigeration, uh, that was the way to preserve food. So people used pickling or uh, fermenting to preserve whatever food that was in season and so that they can eat it throughout the year. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes sense because it's, 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 it's allowing something to stay, I guess, not really not, like a different kind of freshness. Okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of, I know that they've got a real buzz and things like um, uh, 
kombucha and kefir. Are those fermented? Mm. Those are fermented things? Yes, those fall into the fermented food as well. And um, and uh, people are talking a lot. Obviously, we're all obsessed mm. with our health at the moment because um, mm. we live, we're living in a global <laughs> pandemic. But um, people are talking a lot about the benefits of fermented foods. Mm. Are, are there any other than just being incredibly delicious if you fancy something a little bit piquant? Right. Well, yeah, first of all, it is um, like pre-digest food. So the yeast and bacteria sort of break down the, the nutrients in the food. So it's easier to absorb the nutrients in the food that you're consuming if it's fermented. And also, um, during the fermentation process, you will create um, lact- um, so lacto-ferment. It's called lacto-fermentation, mm-hmm. but that will create um, probiotics, which has been really, really hot these days. Right, sure, of course, like the good bacterias, that's what we call them, right? <laughs> the probiotics exactly. are the good bacterias. Oh, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, so I can see why people are, um, they're, they're on the up and people are really interested in them. I think, yeah, I think probiotics is definitely something that's got everyone a bit of a buzz at the moment. So it makes you feel a bit better if you are someone who likes to indulge in a pickle or a sauerkraut feast at any point. But, um, Shimu yourself, how did you become, how did you become, interested in fermented foods why why are you what, what started you into the age that now um as shima you are the, the you what i said is like the fermenting guru here in hong kong for this <laughs> well i think it's um my background where i grew up in japan and fermented food was like a, a norm you just have it every day you grow up with it but um you don't really well when i was growing up you don't really make it at home you buy it from the store and you, you consume it and the recent years, people have been really interested in fermentation. And even Japanese people are revisiting the traditional way of fermenting their miso or making their own soy sauce or um, even baking bread. Um, they're doing a lot at home. And that happened way before, you know, COVID has mm. spread. <laughs> mm. Wow. And so um, do you have a particular favorite um, fermented food, something you eat, for example, every day? <laughs> natto. <laughs> Pardon? Have you ever heard of natto? It's no. a fermented soy um, bean that is really slimy and stinky, but it is addictive. <laughs> wow, I love it. And and what? how do you eat it? I'm guessing you don't put it on porridge or on toast, or maybe you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, some people do, actually. Um, they put it on spaghetti, and um, you can eat it with whatever you like but um i think the most common way is to so mix it with some soy sauce and maybe a little bit of mustard and put that on hot rice right oh that actually sounds really delicious maybe it's just because it's like after lunch time sounds like, it's like, the, <laughs> like the mid-afternoon lull and we're talking about some of my most favorite things to eat <laughs> it's probably not going so well um and and so um uh, you teach classes um, in, mm-hmm. in fermenting. What are some mm-hmm. of the most common misconceptions you've come across with people, what they think of the perception of f- um, fermentation? I think it's the fear. Um, people mm. are so scared of yeast and bacteria. Like once you say bacteria, people think of the bad bacteria. Right. And it does exist, but that's not the entire world of bacteria. Gosh, that's really interesting. Of course, so I guess that's that's when people like you know people will say probiotics, but if you were to label it as good bacteria in a in, in a jar, people probably wouldn't be the the, the smartest marketing strategy. Um, now, uh, you mentioned a couple of foods that we know mm. that are fermented, like for example, like sourdough bread, even mm. like miso, um, kimchi. Um, what about um, 
what is so there there's some common what are some common foods that you can ferment or have you ever come across some super weird ones oh um so let's start from the common ones yeah i guess um pickles like vegetables pickling are fermenting vegetables is the most easiest and most common mm-hmm. um like making sauerkraut or um any kind of pickle um and also maybe some kombucha has been become the norm these days yeah i think i've seen like yeah. pickled cauliflower is that right mm. yeah, yeah. Pickled onions have a bit of a sad reputation for being the kind of thing that only old men should have on their sandwiches. <laughs> but, um, I think they're delicious. They are. They are. Yeah. Um, so, what's something really weird that you've um, that you've come across that's that's pickled, or maybe you don't th- or pickled or fermented? Maybe you don't think it is, but the rest of us might if we're not as adventurous. <laughs> so, um, growing up in Japan, you will have a lot of um, fermented foods around you, and maybe one thing that might sound really weird will be um, fermented squid, like fermented raw squid with the gut. Wow! But it, it's really common. Like everybody, well, if you if you're a drinker, you will have that with your sake. Really? You yeah. just snack on that? Yeah. <laughs> would you Would you eat that on a date with a drink? Oh yeah! Really? Totally. Gosh, yeah. it's like here I'm thinking like things like a garlic garlic bread would be a maybe a no no for a date, but you could have <laughs> fermented raw squid and that would be totally cool. Well, you have to have it together. Not oh, only right, sure, it's true. <laughs> You're the only one eating that. So it makes a really good point. Um, have you ever have you ever had like a, a, a failed fermenting experiment? Many times. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, like like even fermenting bread, it didn't rise or even fermenting kombucha, I grew some molds that, that happens. It happens. But I mean, is it, yeah. is it, is it hard and is it complicated? Um, it's, in theory, it's not that hard. Um, it's just that making sure that you follow the steps, like cleaning your tools, make sure your hands are clean, no cross contamination or, um, don't fiddle too much with your fermented foods. Like let the, the time, let the natural yeast and bacteria do its job and don't don't touch it too much. Right. Okay. So maybe this is actually kind of, it's if someone was interested in getting into fermenting and pickling, maybe the COVID age would be the right time because we're all obsessed with washing our hands and sterilizing <laughs> things and not cross-contaminating. So maybe this is, yeah. th- this can be its renaissance to many um, home so. picklers. Um mm-hmm. Do you have um, do you have a favorite fermented food or a favorite fermented food recipe? Well, I have a lot of fermented foods that I like, but um, for a recipe, I think um, sauerkraut might be one of the easiest things that you can do because um, you only need cabbage and salt, and that's it. Really, that's it. That's all you need. I thought you'd need that's like it. my perception is sauerkraut mm. is that you need like sugar and vinegar and all these other things, but you don't. Tell me no, more, only. Shima. Tell me more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, you need the natural yeast and bacteria, which is in the air, but um, for what you need to have in your kitchen is um, maybe a glass jar mm-hmm. and um, one cabbage and salt. And so what you do is you chop up the cabbage uh, thin, as much, thin as possible mm-hmm. so that you can massage it really well and you sprinkle salt. Now, for the salt, um, I recommend you use 2% of the total weight. So if you have like uh, 1,000, like one kilo of um, cabbage, then you use um, 20 grams of salt in your recipe. Right. So it's quite a lot of salt. 
quite a lot, yeah. but when you sprinkle it on the the cabbage, it doesn't look like a lot. Right. Okay. And it is. And so and so, what you did? You mentioned you have to massage the cabbage, so you chop it really, really, really finely. I just did a chopping yeah. sound on the on the mic there with my hands. <laughs> I'm in studio by myself doing a chopping motion. So you chop your cabbage really, really finely, and you get your 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 salt. So like you yeah. said, like twenty percent of the um. Um, math is my forte. Two percent, two percent, not twenty percent. Don't listen to me. Two percent, and you're saying you yep. massage the salt into the cabbage. Exactly, and so the juices will come out of the cabbage, and that is the important part because you need to use the juice to, um, um, what do you call it, ferment in the the juice. Right. So then, yeah. what you so you're you're rubbing this in a bowl or something? You've got sh- uh, yeah. salt rubbed on the ca- chopped cabbage in a bowl, and then. Mm-hmm. When the juices start coming out, you're just leaving it. You're not trying to dab off the juices. You keep it all together. Yeah. And then would you then transfer that to a, a, a jar? Or a, okay, yeah. sure. So like a glass jar. And then um, and then what happens next? And then you press that down really tightly so that no air is trapped in between. Because if you have air trapped there, that's where the mold starts to grow. So you right. don't want any air. So you have to kind of compact it into that glass jar. Exactly. And then you pour the juice on top mm-hmm. and then you press it down. So if you have like um, some weights or like even a smaller glass jar that is filled with water so that you can push the, the cabbage down, that would be great. Yes. Okay. You do that and then you squash it down and then down. Um, and then you seal it up. And is that right? And then um, you, you gently cover it with a cloth. You don't have to make it airtight. Okay. As long as the cabbage is underneath the, its own juice, then it's fine. Right. Wow. And then you leave that on the countertop. Um, and this is the surprising... Well, when I t- told this to a German friend, they would say, oh, that's too short because in German, Germany, they ferment it for about one month. But in Hong Kong, because it's so hot and humid, three days is enough. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. That big of a difference because it's so hot here? Yeah. Gosh, okay. I, was, I thought you were going to say that in Germany they ferment it for three and a half years, but I'm sure. So they do it for a month in Germany, but here you just you just leave it like that for three days. Three days, and you will have a sour sauerkraut. Wow. Okay, that's, that's so easy. It sounds so easy. It is. But yeah, it and is. then, but of course, there's a hundred thousand different ways to ferment things and different vegetables. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm seeing people using like different spices and different flavors mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. as well. Are there other mm-hmm. things if you were, so say you get that, you get your first sauerkraut experiment out the way. What's your next step? Could you add something to it or no, you Absolutely. just leave it? Oh, really? We have made so many different flavors, like tom yum flavors, kimchi flavors. Um, turmeric and spices, Japanese flavors. You you can go wild with the flavors. Wow! So you can really, you can really. It's quite a fun experimental thing. And cabbage isn't expensive, you know. Yeah. So if you're experimenting at home, um, you know, cabbage isn't expensive. It's just the science that requires a little bit of perfecting. Um, <laughs> So, oh, that's fantastic, Shima. Thank you so much. And if anyone's interested in learning more about fermenting and pickling and how to do it properly, maybe not mm-hmm. um, learning a cooking techniques from a radio show <laughs> on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, but if someone else like me who is um, trying to look for more things to do in their homes now that we are safely social distancing to protect society's most vulnerable, where can they go for some more information? Well, we have more classes on our website. Um, we do kombucha, kefir, sourdough baking, miso making. Um, we're going to have tempeh making as well. Tempeh. Oh, tempeh. So that's like, um, that's different to tofu, right? It's different. You ferment the whole beans and basically you cover it with white mold. 
Really? Mm. Right. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> awesome. This is great to know. Cool. I'm. I'm. I'm motivated. I think I've always. I've, I love fermented foods, and it feels like they shouldn't be as complicated as they are. But as you said, like sometimes it's just learning the right techniques, and once you've got those down pat, you can go away and fill your larder with all of these delicious creations. Do you do you keep all of your fermented foods out, or do you refrigerate them? So once I'm happy with the fermentation, then I put it in the fridge to preserve it. But um, yeah, when you're fermenting, you can do it in room temperature. Oh, you can just do it in. So you can. So you just can leave it to ferment in room temperature, and then afterwards you can transfer it and keep it in your fridge for a bit or something like that. It depends on what it is, but okay. like say miso, you can leave it for years and stuff. Really, you can leave it for years. Yes. Wow. Gosh. Well, that's <laughs> something to know because hopefully people don't go crazy with um buying up foods again and panic buying food. <laughs> but if you're trying to bring a bit more flavor to your diet and surviving on stockpiles of rice and pasta, maybe a couple of fermented foods would help out. That's awesome. Shima, thank you so much for joining us and teaching us a little bit about fermented foods and pickling. Shima, she, um, Shimizu, have I said your name right? It's a wonderful yeah. name. Okay, Shima Shimizu, <laughs> chef and instructor at Foodcraft. And if you want to learn more, you can check out their website, Foodcraft, and I'm sure you can find them on Facebook too. Thanks, Shima. Um, and before